Good morning, everybody. Glad that you're here with us today. My name is Trent, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic. And uh, if you're a guest, today you came on a great Sunday. So the fighting starts next week, as Chris said. All right, so no need to fight today. We'll fight next week. But today, what we're going to do is we are going to do what we're calling a missions recap. So over the, this past July, we've had two mission teams that went down to Guatemala and it worked with a partnership that we have there that we've been in partnership with over the past five years. And um, we want to tell you about that experience. And we've got some of our team members that are going to come up and they're going to share with you. And here's what I ask you to do. I ask you to pray for our team members as they come up for several reasons. Number one, you're kind of a scary bunch. Like if you were up here looking at you, like you might be a little scared too. So put on your happy face, all right, and you know, kind of lean in as they're talking, and then just pray for them as they share. Um, it is very difficult to take a week-long experience and to pull it down into about a three-minute story. Um, and they've got a lot of stories that they could share. And so... Um, They've asked God, what do you want me to communicate today? What do you want to communicate today? So pray for them as they do that. Now, let me tell you a little bit about our partnership down there. We work with a a church down there called Iglesia del Camino, which basically means Pathway Church or Church of the Path. And that church has been in existence there for 10 years in Antigua, Guatemala. And uh, they are led by Mike and Nancy Watkins. You see a picture of them here. Um, they have been in that position, these two, for the past eight years. And they came from a church in Tampa, began going on a mission trip, and just really felt like God was calling them into this what's called full-time vocational ministry to be missionaries somewhere else. And so that church helped them transition in that position there in Antigua, and they've been leading the charge uh, ever since. And they do a phenomenal job. Now, um, the next picture we have here is Melanie and Alex. So Melanie was from Washington State. And I believe it was she was about 18 years old and decided to go on a mission trip and like never came back. Like, just imagine that. Like, if you're sending your 18-year-old off and, like, they don't come home. So she went out and just really felt like God saying, this is what I want you to do full-time. And so she had several different adventures, ended up connected with IDC, and uh, is their mission coordinator. So she's the lead that we work with on setting up our trips um, when we come in the summer. And that's her husband, Alex, that that they met there in Guatemala, got married, and have a, a cute little daughter. Now, this next picture is of some of the team members that they have on staff that work with them. They, they go with us everywhere we go. They uh, translate for us. Uh, they do so many things. These are four of the guys. So you have Isai on this side. You have Jonathan. You have Clay, who Clay has been here not long ago. He came here first time to the States, came here and was able to come up and share with us on stage and, and talk with our children's ministry as well. And then you have Omar. And you can tell those guys aren't fun at all. They're they're pretty stoic and boring. Um, So it's kind of painful to work with them, but we have a lot of fun. They're they're a great group of guys. There's actually a few others that work in their team. There's a a girl by the name of Sabina. You'll see pictures of her um, throughout the rest of the day. She's like four foot nothing and has this giant personality. 
I mean, she has faith in God that I look at and go, I want to be like you when I grow up. I mean, she's amazing, literally. And then um, Alejandra is a new member to the team, and they just have an amazing team, and they do an amazing job. And so we're grateful to be partners with them. Now, let me explain some of the new initiatives that they have going on there. Um, They have one called Mil Casas, which means a thousand houses. So they would like to build a thousand houses in the next five years. Big task. I think as the teams come uh, throughout the summer, I think they build between 40 and 50 houses a year. And so that's a big task. And so uh, Pastor Mike has come to the States and he's uh, done some promotions through some business outlets and he's trying to get some businesses involved in that. And he's got some other strategies to pull this off. And some of this is obviously still unfolding, but that's the thing that they would love to do. Provide a thousand homes for homeless people or families that are in desperate need of a home. And you'll see some of the homes that we were able to build this summer. Because of you, we were able to build six homes. So phenomenal. So... So you may not have gone on the trip with us, but if you gave and participated at that level, you went on the trip. Like you made it possible. Like you have a house there with someone living in it, and it's a major upgrade for them, major upgrade. So if you would imagine uh, that your floor might be just dirt, and so you go out to sweep the dirt to kind of clean up if you've got a guest coming over. That's how a lot of the folks live there. Imagine if your walls of your home were corn stalk that you had cut down and kind of weaved together to make a wall for a little bit of privacy. How well do you think you're going to be covered from the rain and the wind that comes along? Not real well. So when we come along and build a home, for us, we would look at it and say, that's a nice shed. For them, it's kind of like an extreme home makeover. And we give them the keys to their home. And for some of them, Joe mentioned this earlier in the first service, for some of them, This is the first time they've ever been able to lock anything that they own, that someone's not going to come and steal it. So it's a major opportunity that we have to partner with them, and I'm so excited about that. Another part of this is that they are training pastors. So they have a regular heartbeat to train pastors. They're working with a seminary that's in Guatemala City, and those are seminary students. Those are guys and ladies that want to be pastors, and so they're in the process of learning how to do that. And towards the end of their education, what they do is their their plan is to hire them to help come build houses, learn how to do that, and they're building houses in these communities where they can connect with people, do some real practical parts of pastoring, and be able to start some small group experiences and maybe see some churches formed out of that. And then some of those pastors may go home to their part of the country and plant a church there. So some exciting things that we get to be a part of, and you're going to hear a little bit uh, about our trip from our teams this morning. So what I would like to do is I'm going to ask our first uh, two uh, team members. So we've got two teams that went. So we'll have two of the team members come up, and they'll represent team number one. And in just a minute, we'll have team number two come up. So I'm going to have Cody and Elise, if y'all would come on up here. If you'd welcome them up to the stage. And, and remember, happy face, happy face, okay? All right, come on over here, you guys. Um, now, Elisa, would you explain to everybody 
what our team was able to do in the first week that we were there. Sure. Um, we had a long day of travel the first day, and the, our first Sunday there, we were able to attend uh, IDC's church service, which was done in bilingually, which was very interesting. And for the rest of the afternoon, we got a walking tour of the city to kind of familiarize ourselves with it from IDC staff. And then Monday, the work began. Um, we started building our first home on Monday for a young couple with their little one-year-old daughter, Stephanie. And uh, half the team built and half the team shot for the home to, and to bless the home. As well as that afternoon, we got to visit a home that was previously built by Epic uh, a year or two before. And that was really cool. The children remembered a lot of the people. They came running out. And uh, the home had been really made a home. And it was very rewarding to see that. The second day, we built a second home for a young mom and her two-year-old little boy, Eric. And her aunts donated the property. And uh, it, she thanked us at the end of the house build. She was speaking in Spanish, but she began to cry. She was very grateful. And uh, we also got to visit another previously built home that day and um, pray for the family there. On Wednesday, we went to Santa Maria, which is a huge feeding center that used to feed 100 to about 300 kids and now feeds 350 to 800 children. And that day in particular, um, our team fed 600 children. Um, it's pretty amazing. They line up along the wall. They come in and wash their hands. And we run back and forth with food trays. And um, that day also, we got to meet the eight children that we sponsored, which Trent we'll talk more about later, and uh, we did a biblical skit for them about Potiphar and in biblical costumes, which was fun. And then on Thursday, we went to an orphanage and uh, did a lot of painting that was needed there and uh, interacted with the 24 children that were there that day. Friday was our free day, and uh, the team decided to hike the volcano. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And that was an active volcano, by the way, which uh, four months prior had erupted. And we walked through the, where the eruption happened. And we're all wondering, how fast can we move? Like, is it possible for us to beat that lava as it comes down? So like, we were a little bit on edge, but it was a, a great experience there for sure. Um, and as Elise was saying, you know, the feeding center, if you'd imagine uh, in an environment there uh, where malnourishment is extremely high, extremely high, where you've got little kids that have hair issues. You see gray hair out of these little kids because they're not eating good stuff. Um, and through the feeding center, they're able to put uh, minerals and, and vitamins in their food, and they're seeing substantial changes in the development of these kids, uh, which is a phenomenal thing. So you've got you know, anywhere from four to 800 kids that show up Monday or uh, Wednesday and Friday to get a meal. And for a lot of those kids, what they eat is crusty old bread and a cup of coffee. Um, so phenomenal opportunity for us to partner with them in, in what they're doing there. Um, so um, I'm going to ask you to hand it off to, to Sir Cody for, for just a second. Um, and Cody, could you tell us of the impact that this trip has had on you? Well, this, is my, this was my second mission trip. The first one, I went to Costa Rica um, a couple years back. So I was able to, um, I was able to already see some of the poverty um, down in the south. 
And uh, so this one wasn't, it was a little humbling, but it wasn't, um, it didn't shout out to me extremely while I was there. I knew what to expect. Um, but going into this one, I kind of, I wanted to be on the backside of everything. I wanted not to be a leader, but just to serve where I was going to serve, um, which has its pros and cons. Um, the cons would be that when you do not raise your hand in the beginning normally or volunteer for something, Trent tells you to do th- certain things. Um, There's a term for it. It's called voluntold. So we don't volunteer you for things. We voluntold you to do things. So. But it did, it did help challenge me in ways that normally I wouldn't be challenged. So um, it worked out well. And then also, you may or may not go onto a roof that may or may not hold your weight while you're on there. It's kind of sketchy tend to happen while we were up there. Um, it was a little rough painting the, the top of the roof. Um, but there's a lot of pros to that too. Um, I was able to, um, we went with a lot of women that were there. Myself and Trent were the only males that went on this trip. And the women, uh, we had three students go from Surge and then we had a couple Surge volunteers and some parents go and they just stepped up and did it. They rocked out the houses. They took control of them. They led and we were just there to assist where needed. So, and it was really cool to see that. Um, a lot of good friendships. Yeah, Sandy. Um, but it was a cool experience. Um, and God worked through a lot of different opportunities. By me not um, stepping up and taking roles right off the bat, um, God pressed people to do certain things, asked them to do certain things in different opportunities. And it was cool to see God really work in the lives of our teammates that were over there. Um, but one of the biggest things that stood out to me is that we went with uh, other volunteers, with students, and you got to know them on a different level. There was a lot of friendships that were made, um, friendships that will never go away, and just memories. And um, it's more of a bond that you create, and you really get to know people over there, like my roomie Trent here. Uh, while we were there, that was my roommate. So. Poor guy. He didn't have any other choice but me, so, so he got stuck with me. So um, now, would you hand it back to Elise? Elise, um, would you share about the impact of this trip on you? Um, Well, this was my very first mission trip. I'd never been on a mission trip anywhere. So I kind of went with the attitude, what do you want me to do? I was willing to do absolutely anything. And I enjoyed everything from the house build to debriefing at night to whatever, whatever anybody wanted done. I was all for it. But the the day that made the most impact on me was the feeding center. I have a soft spot for kids and um, As we um, lined up in the hallway, as they exited, we were handing out cookies. And I was watching these little girls who are about ages, I'd say, 8 to maybe 12. And they literally have their siblings strapped to their body that they're carrying the whole entire time that they're there. And some of them even have a couple others in tow that they're responsible for. And um, as they were, it was kind of dwindling down, a couple of those girls with their siblings on their back, were walking down the street to go home, and it started to rain a little, and I had this overwhelming sense of compassion for them and, and how they have to be mom and, and seem so much older than they are at the age they are. And I couldn't help but think of our kids in the U.S. You know, it's natural for them. It's just their way of life, but they're home texting and playing Xbox and Wii, and they really have no idea what it's like to walk in the shoes of one of these children who are have such responsibility. So, um, sorry, my voice is shaking. I, it makes me very emotional to, to know what they go through over there. I recommend it to anybody who wants to go experience that. Yeah. Um, if you would hand it back to Cody one more time. Cody, what would you say to people thinking about possibly going, wondering, should I go? I'm not sure. What do you um, say? 
The first thing I would say is that we were able to hike a volcano and roast marshmallows in a lava pit. If that doesn't make you want to go, I don't know what will. Um, but a lot of times I get asked why we go over there and we have so many needs here. And um, the reason we go is to change, pers change perspective. Um, we go over there, we get to experience it, but a lot of times it changes us, and that's what we want to do. A lot of times we get caught up in the busyness here, and we don't change our perspective to overflow into the community here. So this is a great opportunity to say yes and just go and change your perspective of what we really need to worry about here in the United States. Awesome. Great answer. Would you thank them for, for sharing? Great job. I'm going to invite Joe and Joy to come on up, and if you would hand them that while they're coming up, let me tell you this. Um, there should be a picture coming up. These kids that you see there, um, there are eight kids. Uh, there are seven in this picture, but there are eight kids that our children's ministry, so get this, our children's ministry sponsors eight kids in that area to go to school. Public school is not free. Costs about $150 to go to elementary school and about $350 to go to middle school. And for a lot of those kids, they cannot afford that. So their families can't, just can't afford the education. And for a number of the children, the best they can hope for is a fifth grade education. So imagine you graduated fifth grade and you think it's time to go out into the world and make a mark. How many opportunities do you have? Not many. Not many things available to you. There are a lot of bad things available to you. A lot of bad things that you could get involved in to kind of supplement your lack of education. There's drug life that you could get involved in. There's prostitution. There's all kinds of things that you could do that would not be good for you, that would shorten your life even more. So education is critical. In our children's ministry, our kids raise money so that eight kids in that area can go to school. So it's just a phenomenal thing. And one of the, one of the little girls made us a bag in thanks for that. Um, she's so grateful that she's able to go to school. And so she made us a, a little bag as thanks. So it's kind of cool. So I'm not sure if she thinks all Americans are really tall or have really long arms. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but it's a pretty cool kind of bag. So, all right, so Joe and Joy. Um, you guys were able to go on our second trip that was uh, at the beginning of August. And uh, Joe, tell us, what did you do that, in that week you were there? We did everything that the first team did, except, of course, we did it better. <laughs> we, uh, they had 16 or 17. Uh, we had eight. So we ended up building four houses. We split the eight up into four each, and then one from each of those four had to go shopping to get the supplies to bless the house and so on and so forth. So we were really bare minimum. Um, we also went to um, Rosa de Amor, the orphanage, where we helped paint the roof and we painted the, um, the what is it called, the railings on the, on the windows there. And then we also went to Santa Maria, the feeding center, um, where we also helped feed about 600 kids. I, I like to think that the first team built, uh, fed 600, so we, we fed about 601. Um, <laughs> So we fed a lot of kids exactly what they did. We also hiked the volcano. It was very cool. It was Roth's birthday. He's up here. You he on the trip also. He turned 21. Um, <laughs> again, I don't know how many times you can turn 21, but he's 21 on the trip, so not anybody can say they hiked the volcano on their 21st birthday, so that was cool. Um, and, and again, it was just uh, it was a lot of work. We were, we were very busy building the four houses. The families were very appreciative, so it was, it was a lot of fun. 
That's cool. So what about the impact on you personally? The impact on me, we also got to visit uh, two houses. We visited one from last year, and we visited the very first house that Epic had ever built uh, five years ago. So the impact for me was going to these houses and seeing the impact that actually Epic has made on them and, and a part of their community. So the, uh, on, on the one door from the house that was built five years ago, the very first house, it, it said, I love God. And it, it had it in Spanish, and I, I'm pretty sure that's what it translated to. Um, but they had it spray painted on their door, so when they walk out, they see that every single time they walk out. Uh, I, I don't have that spray painted on my door, but that's, that's pretty impactful, I, I believe. So, And again, these are, these are shacks. These are, these are 12 by 16 sheds with a with a concrete floor and the one house that we actually built they had a dirt floor so they went from dirt to concrete and so how, how appreciative they were is just it's crazy so yeah so the the home builds as you see there major upgrade uh, for them going from a dirt floor to a concrete floor to to walls to something that they can lock um, you know provide security it actually uh, helps them live a little healthier lifestyle uh, we're also able to provide them some water filtration systems because most of the water that they drink is bad, makes them very sick. Um, so we're able to help them out in a lot of different uh, ways as we are helping to, to build a home. So Joy, your turn. You're up. So tell us about the impact on you. This was your first trip. So tell us about that. This was my first trip um, outside of Flagler County. Um, I I've done several things here locally, but and it was also my first trip out of the country. Um, I was really excited. I was a little nervous. I had heard some really great stories, so I didn't really know how it was going to go. Um, but I prayed to God that he would just use me however he needed to, and I tried to go with an open mind with no expectations because we had 90% chance of rain every single day, so I didn't know what we were actually going to get to complete. Um, so... I went open-minded and ready to be used in whatever capacity. Um, we got there on Saturday, and I was like, "Woo, this is amazing. I love it here. And then um, Sunday, we went to church, and during the worship, um, I felt this amazing feeling just welling up inside of me. It was like my chest was going to explode. Um, I started crying. And for all my team members, I didn't stop, and they, we went through lots of tissues. Um, but I couldn't explain why. I didn't know what was making me cry. I didn't feel overly happy or overly sad, or I didn't feel sorry for the people there. It was just, I was overwhelmed by the beauty of the people, of where I was, of everyone I met. And I couldn't explain it. Um, so that was pretty much how my week went. Happy, working, crying. Um, <laughs> When we were coming home, I cried all the way home. Um, I didn't want to leave. I felt like I wasn't done. Something was missing. I didn't know how to explain it. Um, but I prayed that when I got home, I wouldn't be mad at my family. I wouldn't be mad at my friends. I wouldn't be mad at America for all the stuff we have. That I would be able to come home and just kind of, I don't know, get back into things. And... Um, so I was asked to do this, which I don't do. I don't like it. Um, so I, I agreed to do it. Um, <laughs> can't concentrate looking at it. But, um, and so while I was working on what I was going to say, um, I probably emailed Trent 
10 different things of, should I say this, should I say this? Um, I couldn't come up with one single thing that impacted me the most because the whole trip was amazing. Everything was amazing. Um, so Thursday, I was working on it again, like, what am I going to, what is this, what am I actually going to say? And all of a sudden, God just, he, he showed me, he said, look, I allowed you to see those people the way I see them. They're beautiful. I created them beautiful through the trash on the ground, the nasty mangy dogs, the bathrooms that smelled like dirty diapers. To me, it was all beautiful. And God said, that's my creation. That's how I see those people, and I want you to see them that way. And I want you to see yourself that way, because you're beautiful, and I created you through all your junk. And then he said, oh, by the way, I want you to see all of your friends and family in America the same way, because I created that too. And even though we have more, it doesn't matter to him. He loves us like that. And we need to learn how to do with what we have for everyone else. And we need to learn to love everyone that way. See everyone for the beauty that God created and not for what we see, not our flesh, but through God's eyes. So that was how I was impacted the most. It wasn't one specific thing. Yeah. So these, great job, you two. So, so hold on to that for a second. Um, so again, you know, as we take trips like this, the, the whole point, point is that we learn to see people the way God sees people. And that's whether we're in Guatemala or whether we're in Flagler County or whether you're going to school tomorrow or you're going to be in your neighborhood. God wants us to see people the way that he sees them and to care for them the way that he would care for them. And I think that's some of what what Joy was sharing with us. Now, um, Joe, so there are some folks out there that are trying to decide whether they should go next year. And Superman says... Superman says go, especially if you um, are thinking about it, go. If the funds aren't there, you'll, you'll get... You'll get funds that'll come in. They have some websites that, that you can join onto, but also everybody, family, friends, they're interested. Hey, if you don't want to go, you can help me by this. You know, pray or or throw me some money here, so we're able to do that to make a difference down there in Guatemala. So I I definitely encourage. This is this is my second time, and I it's a lot of fun. Just the impact that Epic Church does down there for these families, for the communities, it's awesome. It's to the point where we 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 went to the orphanage. And they remembered us. They're like, oh, and they knew when she was new. They're like, hey, you're new. Okay, in Spanish, obviously. It wasn't speaking. Yeah, so, but it, it, you definitely can see the impact down there. It's definitely a good thing. Cool. Well, great. Would you thank Joe and Joy for being up here? All right, I have a few closing uh, thoughts for me. I, I've been able to go in the past five, um, over, through the past five years uh, on our first trip that we did five years ago. And it's just really neat to watch how each year we're able to do more. And if you're curious about our mission strategy, it is to go to the same place for an extended period of time to see the impact that we can make. And we may add new mission trips in the future, um, but some strategies are that, hey, I want to go somewhere new every year because I like the new stamp in my passport. But what we found is you, the ability to impact a community one time and to go someplace new, you don't learn year to year. 
And you can't do more and more every year. And we're able to see that. Every year we come back, we're able to partner with uh, Iglesia del Camino to do even more in their community. And so we're excited to do that, excited to continue this partnership. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the, the dates for next year that you, for you to consider that. But every time I go, God says something new to me. And uh, after a while, I, I start thinking, well, maybe it'll be the same message, and it's never the same message. So these are some of the thoughts that I have after this year's trip. Uh, these are all related to serving. So the first thing is that serving is about doing what's needed, not about what we want to do. And I have, and I think we have a problem when it comes to serving, because we think, oh, I want to serve in this way. I like to do this, or I don't like to do that. So let me serve here. Let me not serve there. I, I like to build houses. I don't like to work with kids. Um, you know, let me, let me kind of navigate the things that I'm going to do and, and not do. And you would be surprised. I've watched guys who would think, I, I would only want to build houses, just play with kids, and end up like a, just a wreck, a, a mess sitting on a floor with kids all around them. And they're like, God, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't even think I'm good with kids. And God reaches in and grabs a hold of their hearts. Or somebody that says, like, I've never worked a power drill before. And as Cody was saying, we had these ladies on the team and they jumped in and they grabbed those power drills. And I don't know if they were angry at their husbands or what, but <laughs> like, like, he won't let me use it at home, so here I go. They did a phenomenal job. You just never know what you're gonna do. Um, my expectation was that we were going to work with kids a little bit more on team number one. We didn't get to as much as I was hoping, as much as we've done in the past, as much as team two was able to. So we were at the uh, abuse shelter and we were painting the roof. So the roof leaked a lot. And so they needed that roof painted. That's the sketchy roof that Cody was talking about, that we were up there going, am I about to die? Am I about to fall through this thing? Well, we were being able to paint over that and fix some of the leaks that were there. And the kids were off at school. The kids came back. They had lunch. And then right when we were ready to interact with the kids, two other teams, American teams, showed up unannounced. One of the things that we talk about all the time in these trips is be flexible. You never know what's going to happen. So we had like 60 people, 60 Americans wanting to play with like 25 kids. Like it didn't really work out numbers wise. So we backed up a little bit, allowed those other teams to interact with the kids in a way that we wanted. So walked away from that going, God, wow, that, like, that's what we wanted to do. And he reminded me, I think he reminded all of us, serving is about what's needed. What did they need in that moment? They needed a, a roof that was repaired. They needed to not have leaks all over the place when they're trying to stay in out of the rain. And we were able to do that. So again, serving's about what, what's needed, not so much about what we want to do. And another thing that, that I was reminded of again on this, and this, like you're going to think like he's the master of the obvious. Serving is sometimes really hard work. You know, I, I, I get that. That's like everybody should understand that. But there are times that we forget that and we think, you know what, it should be easy. And there are moments that we're like, we're working hard and, and we don't exactly see the results that we want to see immediately and we're an instant gratification culture and so we want to do something and see a result right away and yet we may not see that right away. Maybe what we do in that moment is a seed that was planted that won't be watered for a little bit of time. Maybe it'll be watered by somebody else. Maybe it'll be harvested by somebody else later down the journey, and yet we won't have to, to be able to see that entire spectrum. Maybe we only see one part of it. And again, we wrestle with some of that because we're like, hey, I'm here. I came. I took time off work. I'm, I'm here. I want to see immediate results. And sometimes you don't. 
Sometimes you work hard. Sometimes you're faithful and committed. You do the thing that needs to be done. It's hard work. You, you go back to the, to the hotel at the end of the day and, and you rest at night knowing, God, I've done what you wanted me to do today. So again, sometimes it's, it's hard work. The other thought that I had with serving is how we become more like Jesus. I don't know another way that we become more like Jesus. That's a God's goal for all of us. He wants all of us to become more like his son, Jesus. And if you're a Christ follower, that should be one of your goals in life is, hey, I want to I want to be like Jesus more and more every day. I don't know any other way to become more like Jesus than through serving. And you ask, well, what about Bible knowledge? Bible knowledge is critical. We've got to learn the Bible. I mean, that's God's guidance for us. So we have to to read it on a consistent basis. We have to become lifelong students of the Bible. But you see, I grew up in a church culture that said Bible knowledge was more important than Bible application. And that's not okay in God's eyes. You know, you are not going to be given a pop quiz when you stand before, before God and he's not going to say, Romans 8, 28. He's not going to see how fast you can, you can quote it, okay? Bible knowledge is important, but Bible application is the key. That's what leads to transformation. That's how we become more like Jesus. So when we learn, we apply. We don't learn and just store it in our, our uh, memory banks as look at all this information that I have. God's not going to be impressed with that. He's impressed with how much we live like Jesus, how much we look like Jesus, and how we serve. Again, serving is the key to become more like Jesus. The last thought that I have is serving fills us up in ways that nothing else can. In John chapter four, it records a story of Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman by a well. And Jesus and his disciples were walking through this area called Samaria. And it was lunchtime, they were all hungry, and so the disciples went into town to get some food. I, I think Chick-fil-A was opening or something, and they, they stopped by, grabbed some, some food to bring back to Jesus. And in this area, they weren't really welcomed because the Samaritans hated the Jews, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. And so here Jesus is, he's alone with this Samaritan woman, and no man in that culture would even interact with a woman, much less if she was a, a Jew or not. And then worse, she was a Samaritan. So in that culture, that was like, don't do that. Like, you don't, you don't talk to those people. Well, Jesus did. Had a significant conversation with her, able to, to move her forward in her relationship with God. And so she goes back into town. The disciples come back up and, and they have lunch. And Jesus said, like, I'm full. I've already eaten. And they're all looking at each other like, did we miss something? Like, is there a subway closer or something? I mean, what, what happened? Did somebody beat him to us and uh, beat us to him? And Jesus said, listen, I have, I've eaten food that you don't know anything about. John chapter four, verse 34, Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know, the saying four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are ripe for harvest. I think Jesus is saying that to us today. I think he's saying, wake up, look around. Flagler County, look around. There's a harvest that's ripe people who desperately need to know about the love of Jesus. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit that they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. So again, sometimes we're just the planter. Sometimes we plant a seed. Sometimes we plant a story. Sometimes we have a conversation at work that starts to grow in someone's life. And then somebody comes along and maybe waters that. And then maybe later someone else is able to introduce that person to Jesus. And their lives are changed forever. 
at our first house build, uh, Jose and Priscilla, we were able to introduce them to Jesus. And we asked, would you like to meet him personally? Would you like to pray to invite him into your heart? And they said, yes. And I gotta tell you, there's no greater joy. There's no more important thing that we could do on planet Earth than to introduce someone else to Jesus. It's, it's the decision that determines where we spend eternity. No other decision is more important than what are you gonna do with Jesus? What are you gonna decide about him? Will you make him your Lord and Savior or not? So what an opportunity it is for us to introduce people to Jesus where their lives can be changed for all of eternity. It's so important that Jesus told all of his disciples as he was leaving, heading back to heaven, he said, here's what I want you to do. Mission number one, mission critical, go. Go into all the world. Tell people about me. Make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them how to live the way that I want them to live. Sometimes I get asked, why do we go on these trips? There's so many needs around us. Why do we go? Why do we spend that money? Why do we spend that time and energy? We could multiply that here if we just use it in our own county. And the answer is, God wants us to do both. God wants us to meet the needs of people here, and God wants us to go and meet the needs of people everywhere. If people don't meet Jesus, they'll spend eternity apart from him. So we are the message carriers we are the ones, whether we're going into work tomorrow, whether we're going to school tomorrow, or next year we're going on an international mission trip, we're the ones that carry that message that Jesus is the only way, that Jesus is the hope of the world. So God wants us to go and do that. And we have opportunities for us to do both. We've got opportunities locally. We have opportunities internationally. So on September 13th, we need at least 25 of you um, maybe a few more with some food prep stuff, but we need at least 25 of you to be active in a habitat build that we have going on here. We've been involved with Habitat since uh, the birth of our church, and it's been exciting to, to partner with them in our community to provide homes. So we're able to provide homes here. We're able to provide homes in uh, Guatemala. So it's an exciting thing. And the cool thing about this opportunity is that we're going to be building for one of our own. See, on one of our other house builds, we met a single mom with three kids. And she started coming to Epic. And then all of a sudden, it, her turn came for her to get a home. And we get the privilege of building a home for one of our own. So I hope that 25 of you will sign up. If you don't know how to swing a hammer, you can work with me. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll slam our thumbs together. It'll be awesome. On October the 19th, we have what we're calling 3G Sunday, something we did last year for the first time. It's an opportunity for us to go out into our community and give back what God has given us. So the, the first G, gather. So we're going to gather on that Sunday morning for a very short time. And not like we typically do. Typically, we come for two services. But that morning, we're just going to gather together for a very short amount of time. And then we're going to go into our community and we're going to give back from what God has given us. So we ha uh, last year, we had 259, 260 people involved in this project. Uh, we had 13 projects all over the county where on Sunday morning, we would go in and just serve. And people are out going like, what in the world is a church doing on Sunday morning out in the community? We're being the church. That's what we should be doing. You know, there's nothing wrong with Sunday mornings. I'm actually glad that you show up. It gives me somebody to talk to. It's fantastic. We need a place to learn. But our strategy as a church is that we want to be a church for people who don't do church. 
We don't want to just come in and do church. I don't want to just come in and you know, get a smiley face next to my name for attendance and think that I'm making God happy. I don't want to come in and sing some songs and listen to corny jokes on stage maybe, listen to a message, pat myself on the back and say, hey, I feel a little bit better about myself. We want to be changed. We want to be change agents in our community and help people meet Jesus. So this is an opportunity for us to do that. We need 300 of you to be involved in that. We've got some great projects. Um, we're actually, this year, we're able to partner with the school. Uh, I called the principal and said, hey, we love our partnership. We love being able to use this facility on Sunday morning. We are for you, and we would like to do something. Like, what could we do to help you guys out? I explained the project, and he said, um, let me call you back. I don't usually get requests like this, so I'll call you back. So he called back and said, hey, got an opportunity. We've got some bathrooms around that, that time frame that we would love to have repainted. For some reason, students like to write on the walls in there, and we, would, we really could use them repainted in that moment. We said, yes, we would love to do that and partner with you. So we've got all kinds of projects all over the community we're going to be telling you about so you can be involved at that level. Last week, we talked about how you can be involved at serving at Epic. And there was a little card that I encourage you to look at last week. There's a card on your seat this week. It says, how can I help? And I encourage you to fill that out. I told you last week, we, we had opportunities for 75 more of you to be active in serving in our church family as we continue to grow. And we'd love to have you active in any of the aspects that we have here as a church. So you can look at that card and fill that out, drop that off before you leave today. You can drop it off as you're going out. There's be one of our connectors out there with a basket, or you can stop by our connection center if you have questions about where that you can serve. And then next year, we're going back to Guatemala and would love to take you with us. And we have openings for about 30 people minus the, the leaders that will be involved. And we'll have signups in January. So I know that, hey, we, you know, it's August and January's coming. Um, but when we hit January, it goes so fast from January to July. So I'd really love for you to start praying about that. God, here's what I tell everybody. Don't say, God, do you want me to go? Say, God, stop me if you don't want me to go. How would God answer that question? God, do you want me to go around the world, tell people about Jesus? His answer is yes. Okay, so next year may not quite be the year for you, but his answer is always yes to that question. And I think everybody connected with our church should go on at least one international mission trip in your life. Just one, just to experience what it's like to serve a world in need. And then just maybe you'll come home and serve here in a different capacity. Maybe you'll see the world differently when you go and do something like that. So we'd love to have you involved in that um, next, next year. So start praying about that. God, I want to go. So stop me if you don't want me to go. Now, we've got a, a music video that we've put together with more pictures from our trip and um, to, to a song called Love Alone is Worth the Fight. And would love for you to just, just sit and watch this. And then when this is finished, I'll, I'll pray and send this out. So let's watch this together. Very cool. Would you guys pray with me? God, love is always worth the fight. It's always worth whatever hassle we have to go through. It's always worth, uh, Lord, on a mission trip, raising the money, taking time off of work, and the sacrifice of going and serving, it's always worth it. Telling people about Jesus is always worth the effort. 
Jesus, you left the splendor of heaven because of love for us. You endured so much so that we could have life. And Lord, you ask us in turn to do that for other people. You ask us to love them enough to go into our community, maybe go into our workplace, maybe go into our school, maybe go into our neighborhoods or our, our own homes and love people towards you. You also ask us to go around the world. And Lord, uh, for us right now, like this context is that we go to Guatemala. And Lord, I just pray that you would stir in our hearts, that you would tap on the people that need to be on this trip next year. And Lord, again, beyond just an international trip, that we would represent you to our community every day well. Help us to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, look forward to having you back next week as we learn how to fight to win. Thanks for being here. Have a great Sunday. So good morning, everyone. My name is Chris. I've just got a few more announcements for you before we go ahead and get on with our service. First of all, if you're new with us here today, welcome to Epic. We're glad that you're here. And we have a connection center set up in the back of the room over there. And what that is really is um, if you have an opportunity after service, stop on by. Let us meet you personally. And we'd like to provide you with a little bit of information um, about who we are and what we're all about here at Epic Church. Also, on your seats, you'll see your announcement sheet. You know, we talk about this every once in a while. And just a little reminder, these announcement sheets are prepared each month and kind of gives you an idea of what's going on around our church. So if we would try to take up all the time here on stage during our announcement time, we'd be here all day and then Trent would go on even longer and just be ugly for everybody. So take this home, put it on the refrigerator, go over it, and you'll be in the loop with us. Now, one of the changes that are occurring is that we ran into what we call a good problem, and that is our birth through kindergarten area, we were outgrowing our space, but hey, no problem, it's a huge school. All we did was expand the space for our kids. But with that came some changes. So normally, you would go in the, to the two double doors to go into our kids area, and then over to the left would be the main entrance to Epic. So what we're doing is we're telling you, don't go in those doors anymore. Go around the building to the right, and there'll be signs out there, and our connections team does a great job of kind of pointing people in the right direction. So I think we're working through the kinks. So just you know, um, you know, give us some grace right now as we're kind of working through that, but I think it's gonna be a real smooth transition, and it's gonna be good for everybody. So if you're one of our regular attenders or you call Epic Home and you support what we do here and you want to continue to support what we do, there's two ways you can do that. First of all, at the end of our seating sections, we've got tables set up. And we've got some boxes there. You can utilize those boxes or you can visit our website. Once again, theepicchurch.com. You can click on the giving tab and you can donate electronically. So next week we have a new series and it's based on conflict resolution. It's called Fight to Win. So you guys probably don't need to come because nobody here has been in conflict before, right? Yeah, baloney, exactly, yeah. I'm gonna come twice, full services, in fact. Because why? Because we all fight, right? We all have conflict, we all get into arguments, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's school, okay? And we fight, we do what? We fight to win because losing is not an option. And you know what? It's not an option from God's perspective either. God wants us to win the conflicts that we have in life, but God defines winning just a little bit differently than we define it. In fact, God defines fighting a little bit differently than we define it. So I encourage you, invite a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor. How about this? Invite somebody you're in conflict with. Say, you know what? You need to come to church with me. I'll be sitting on this side. You sit on that side, you know, and that's it. Trust me, it's going to be great. So join us as we fight to win the conflicts we have in life, but we're going to do it God's way. 
So before we get on to service, I just want to announce one last thing. Summer is officially over. School starts tomorrow. Woo! I know all the parents are like, yeah, what's up? I was ready two weeks into summer. I said, okay, my kids have eaten everything in the pantry. They've beaten every video game they have. They've watched everything that's on the DVR. What are we going to do? Can school start like in June? Right? It just ended. So anyway, school starts tomorrow. You know, and what I want to do um, is I want to say a quick prayer um, because you know what? We're, we're so grateful to have the Flathead County School System. As you'll hear today, Um, when people talk about our mission trips, is that there's areas of the world where they don't get to go to school, but we have that privilege. So bow your heads with me real quick. I just want to pray for us. God, first of all, I want to thank you for the Flagler County School District, Lord. You know, I never want to take for granted all the blessings that you pour out in our lives. And this is one of them, something so simple as school for our kids. God, thanks for providing the buildings. Thanks for providing the teachers that choose to pour into our kids' lives, God. Thank you for the people that have chosen this profession, Um, I pray that you would grant them just patience and encouragement, God, and endurance because it is a a long school year. God, just be with the teachers, guide them in their wisdom, guide them in their ways as they touch our kids and pour into our kids, God. Um, And I pray for our children, Lord. I pray for the future leaders of Flagler County. I pray that tomorrow when our children enter, whether it be a new classroom or a new school, Lord, that you would allow them to keep their chin up to know that no matter what they face on this day, God, that you're with them. And there's nothing that's going to be put in front of them, God, that they can't get through with you on their side. They're going to get through it all. So God, bless our children. Give them the confidence. Give them the encouragement to be kind to others, to do the right thing when it's not popular, to show people that they have faith in Jesus Christ. And when people say, what's different with that kid? They can say, oh, I attend Epic Church. I follow Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. So God, give them the confidence to be able to do that. And I pray all these things in your powerful name, God. Amen.